1: Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds And I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project, which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related. So just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth. So hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space This platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. Today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by the Mini Kiwi's First Aid course and this is super topical because Hannah who is our guest is actually the expert in the Mini Kiwi's First Aid course. So Mini Kiwi's First Aid is a course that is designed for parents with children under five so all your littlies around there this is relevant for you as their parents and the course is designed to help you provide care to any child under five in an emergency situation where you are waiting for medical care. So it might be that you're waiting for an ambulance or you are on your way to an emergency medical center or the hospital and this will allow you to have the information that you need to provide the care to that child or your child in an emergency. So the course is designed in a way that Hannah and I sit down and chat through the first aid information and then I ask questions as a parent of a young child and I'm hoping that the questions I have would also cover the questions that you have and so we cover a huge range of topics, lots of things in there like choking, CPR, burns, uh, broken bones, all the way through to allergies, um, anaphylaxis, tummy bugs, um, temperatures, ibuprofen, Pamol, all that sort of stuff. So everything that's sort of relevant to children under five is in the course. And there are quiz sections as well to make sure that you sort of feel like um, you can answer the quiz questions really easily. And we've covered all of the content that you need. And then there is also a Facebook group where you can ask questions and a Google form where you can ask um, questions sort of outside of that group if you want to. And Hannah... We'll address it in the Facebook group as well. Hannah is an extended care paramedic, so she has all the information that we need. You don't need to worry that it's me delivering it to you. It's definitely not. And the course has some really amazing feedback from parents and grandparents and caregivers who have got what they need in terms of first aid for their kids and just feel way more confident because... I know there are so many situations where I just feel like I don't know what I would be doing in that first aid situation. So I've definitely used the course a heap um, over the last little while, particularly in the last six months with having Ali. And you can re-watch all of the videos for the whole course as many times as you want. It's yours for the lifetime of the course existing, and it is 69 New Zealand dollars. So if you want to go and check it out, I will pop the link in the show notes. You can also go to the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram page and click the link in the bio. That will take you to an option for Mini Kiwi's First Aid, and I would love to hear how you find it. In today's episode, like I said, I'm speaking with Hannah, and she takes us through her two pregnancy and birth stories, and she actually has what is called Irish twins. (laughs) So Hannah has two beautiful babies, Maddie and Oscar, and they are three, almost four, and two, almost three, and she fell pregnant pretty quickly after giving birth to Maddie. Um, She found out that she was pregnant when Maddie was 16 weeks old, and she was already seven weeks long, so pretty... (laughs) pretty quick pregnancy and she talks us through obviously both pregnancy and birth stories as well as what it's been like to have um, children with such a close age gap so I know you're gonna love this episode I will stop talking now and we can jump into it enjoy hi Hannah thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today
0: thanks Jordan I'm really excited to be here (laughs)
1: lovely to have you would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family
0: sure so um I am Hannah I'm 31 um, and I live here in Kapiti with my husband Jimmy, our daughter Madison who is three, she'll be four in July uh, and our son Oscar who is two uh, and he'll be three in June. So Jimmy and I both work in the healthcare industry uh, at the moment and have done for a wee while and some of you may uh, know or be aware that um, something else I've done as well is um, recorded the Mini Kiwi First Aid uh, course with
1: children yourself mm-hmm. yeah awesome I um, have just been talking to lots of people about the course because yeah I think first aid is pretty topical at the moment particularly with kids so um, we'll definitely make sure that we talk a little bit more about that but do you want to take us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Jimmy
0: yeah so I think my journey um, overall to my first pregnancy was pretty straightforward, I like to think, um, as far as journeys go. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome when I was 17, uh, which I had surgery for, and then was on the pill for about 10 years before we started trying um, to have a baby. So. When we did start trying, I stopped the pill uh, and started just sort of seeing what my body was going Mm. to do on its own. I didn't get periods when I was younger, hence the diagnosis, Um, or I had sort of one every 12 months seemed to be the sort of pattern for me. So I was really interested to see what was going to happen and see if I could start tracking my ovulation. It was about March that we started um, and over the next few months um, I didn't seem to ovulate at mm-hmm. all uh, with the tracking process so I spoke to my GP uh, and he had said give it six months because we already knew there was an issue there yep. um, and after six months to book in with fertility associates so I did that um, and I had the initial consultation and then had a physical appointment booked and uh, so around that time we sort of had stopped tracking really, uh, because there was nothing to track. Mm. Um, so I guess we weren't necessarily actively trying, we just certainly weren't using contraception. And then the day before my appointment I found out I was pregnant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, amazing. And was (laughs) that like a huge shock or yeah, were you expecting to see a positive line?
0: No, not at all. Um, I think from memory the appointment was booked for Tuesday. Uh, and on the Saturday night I had had a work function uh, and I was drinking but feeling really unusual and I mm-hmm. couldn't describe it. I was feeling really off and I just, I didn't know why. <laughs> and the next morning I was so unwell, just profusely vomiting and there was absolutely no no reason for me mm. to be in that state uh, and I didn't understand why I was very confused and I still don't actually know why I took a test it wasn't the first thing that came to my head but mm. uh, I did uh, and I was um according to the little electronic test between two and three weeks pregnant uh which was a huge shock yeah. so I ended up doing um in that same day or across the next 24 hours a total of 11 tests yeah. because I just <laughs> did not I obviously needed um 10 more to confirm for me that, um, yes, I was pregnant.
1: So funny. And did you have many symptoms in that first trimester?
0: Uh, It took a couple of weeks. Um, I think once you suddenly know you're pregnant, Mm. you start uh, reading into everything. But um, from about five or six weeks, I would get up and I had about five minutes um, from the time I woke up to get to the bathroom and I would just – vomit once Mm. every morning it was like consistent um no other vomiting during the day it was just every morning up until about 26 or 28 weeks but otherwise no no I didn't really have any cravings um or I wasn't overly fatigued and yeah I was pretty good until um I did I developed SPD quite significantly in sort of early 20-ish gestation Okay. Uh, which became a huge issue for me with pain
1: yeah so do you want to just talk us through what spd is
0: yeah so uh symphysis pubis dysfunction so sort of the early relaxation of um the front of the pelvis um because of that relaxing hormone that's produced in mm. pregnancy so i i did really struggle with that i had a lot of pain in uh activities that I didn't expect. So the biggest um, sort of trigger for me was literally rolling over in bed at night. Mm -hmm. I had to um, like clench a pillow between my knees um, to be able to roll over. It was agonizing pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then getting in and out of the car and uh, all these sort of things that you just don't even think about as, you know, activities to trigger, it was um, really, really difficult to manage. So I was referred to hydrotherapy, which I didn't really enjoy the actual hydrotherapy part of Mm. it. I enjoyed being in the water uh, and that was really good just to be weightless. So uh, my best friend who was also pregnant at the time, her and I just would go down to the pools and just float, Mm. go around the river ride and uh, just float in the pool um, for a couple of hours really frequently. And that was the best relief from it. Uh, And then, yeah, I was told that the only fix literally was giving birth. So I just did what I could really until, until then i used a mm-hmm. belt when i when i remembered but i was a bit useless with that to be honest yeah. uh, just sort of knew what what triggered it and tried to avoid it really
1: yeah yeah awesome and did you say that you had a midwife for your care
0: yes i did i was told thankfully to engage a midwife really early on i, I had no idea what the process was um when you you know re- did you wait till 12 weeks yeah. or I, I really didn't know what to do um but a friend of mine who had been pregnant referred me and to get mm. in. So yeah, about six weeks I engaged in midwife. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And did you choose to do the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? And did you find out the sex of your baby in your first pregnancy?
0: Yeah, we did all the standard tests. We did do a dating scan um, and then our 12 week nuclear uh, tests as well. I didn't do, uh, we didn't pay for the NIP testing um, at yeah. all. We just, so we just did the standard tests Um we did find out the gender at 20 weeks and we were told then and there. I always thought I would want it to be a surprise until Mm. I found out I was pregnant and then Mm. I needed to know (laughs) uh, ASAP. So that was definitely a change of tune for me. Um, But we, yeah, we were really excited to find out we didn't do anything special. It was just the two of us. Well, that is really special. It was Mm. just the two of us um, finding out then and there. So uh, yeah. And then we did the gestational um, diabetes test as well, which was
1: awesome. Yeah. Cool, and did you do any like antenatal classes or any birth education or anything like that leading up to your birth? Yeah, I did a
0: standard antenatal uh, class through the parent centre. We um, did that from, well, I think it was about 28 weeks from memory, uh, leading in. And a couple of um, people in our class actually ended up having really early uh, labours and Naku journey, so mm-hmm. um, it was quite a quite an experience. But I didn't in all honesty find them overly beneficial in terms of birth preparation I felt like they were very informative in terms of what uh, conditions were and procedures were and you know things like that but yeah. I don't think it really sort of empowered you or yeah. uh, prepared you in any way so it was really good to meet other people going through the same journey and you know there's sort of three or four of, um, from our group that I'm still really close with so yeah. that was a really positive thing to get out of it yeah,
1: uh, awesome. from the antenatal class. Yeah, nice. And did you have much of like a birth plan or thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go? Um,
0: to this day, it makes me laugh at how <laughs> naive I was. So, um, for a health professional, I was so naive in terms of birth. I, I just, I loved my midwives, and I still do to this day. I had so much trust in them that I just thought they'll tell me what to do and that's all I needed to no. know I was so naive for my first pregnancy I just all I knew is that I at the time I did not want an epidural I was terrified mm. of the thought of that needle going into my spine I just did not want it that was pretty much the only thing I definitely didn't want and the other thing was that I wanted to be in the hospital main hospital um, down yes. here and not a birth center in case anything went wrong wrong but yeah. other than that no I was like just whatever happens I didn't I had no fear about it ending up in c-section I didn't have any you know desire for it to be drug-free or anything Mm. like that I just was like I'll go with the flow and my midwives will tell me (laughs) and that that was the extent of my (laughs) of my birth plan really
1: yeah cool and what about like birth preparation um were you doing any of the things to try and get your body to go into labor and yeah what did that look like for you?
0: Yeah, I did. I started doing uh, colostrum uh, expressing from 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, That was to help what we assumed would be a difficult breastfeeding journey uh, for me. So I did start that um, and put a lot of effort um, into that. It was not an easy, uh, easy journey Mm -hmm. for that uh, week that I was doing it, sitting there trying to capture these drips, (laughs) um, you know, small small Mm -hmm. amounts, but we got there. Um, And then I started drinking heaps of raspberry leaf tea, um, but that was that was all because things happened a bit quicker than than yeah. anyone ever expected. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so do you want to take us through your labor starting? How far along were you? And then into your labor and birth story.
0: Yeah. So we went out for dinner with friends of mine who were, she was also pregnant. So we were um, having a dinner that night on the Saturday and I felt absolutely fine. Uh, woke up at midnight or just after midnight to this really um Cramping type period pain feeling. Mm-hmm. I was thirty eight plus three um, at that point in time, and I start. I woke up again almost every hour for the next couple of hours, and just thought this is not going away. It started. I started looking at my phone, and it was really rhythmic, about ten minutes apart. And I thought, okay, something is potentially happening here. I su- I hadn't had any Braxton hips or anything like that leading up to now, so. I tried not to get too excited, but obviously I was very excited uh, and tried to just get some sleep. Uh, I ended up getting up about 6am thinking this must, this must be it. I didn't wake my husband up because I thought at least one of us can sleep and get Mm -hmm. some, get some rest and nothing major was happening um, right now. So ended up waking him up, rang the midwife and she came around about 10am and I was two centimetres at that point. Mm -hmm i hadn't lost a mucus plug that i knew of at that point um, waters hadn't broken nothing like that it just started with these um sort of period cramping contractions yeah. so hung around at home all day laboring it was really good it was nice and chilled my best who was pregnant came over Um we just sort of relaxed and hung out for the day tried to get things moving walking up and down the stairs bouncing on a swiss ball that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and things were just kind of ticking along reasonably. I don't know. I don't think it was slow for a first labor, but suddenly at four o'clock that afternoon, things just changed out of nowhere. um, And it started becoming pain, like a really significant pain. And every contraction was just pain. It was no longer discomfort. I couldn't tolerate it. It was just this agonizing, terrible pain in my back. Um, And so it was a really like sudden change. And I was in tears, I was in the shower with the hot water on my back, I just couldn't get any relief between contractions and it felt really unusual that that it had suddenly changed like that, Mm. it didn't feel like it had just ramped up, it had just completely changed, so my husband was watching the midwife and said, okay, you need to come in, Um, so we started getting that way, I tried methoxyflurane, the green whistle, which I hated, (laughs) uh, and, and the gas, it just they just made me laugh but I was still sore so I was laughing yes. <laughs> but in pain and I just I really didn't like it um but the pain was so horrific at this point it was just unbearable so I jumped in the pool even though I had no intention of a water birth at all um but I got in and then suddenly I was now just in pain and wet so <laughs> I was I was, mis- I was so miserable uh, with it yeah. um I, I was so frustrated I was so sore So they uh, checked me and I was only four centimetres, but uh, the baby was now posterior, hence the Mm -hmm. back pain. So we had a pretty quick discussion, decided that because it had been going on so long um, with not a huge amount of progression with the posterior that we'd do Sinto and um, an epidural, which uh, I know I said earlier I was dead set against um, pre-labor, but uh, I was very, now very, very happy to have one. uh, And it was the (laughs) best decision that I made. Um, it suddenly was just it all just went away. It was just the best feeling. it was amazing I could actually relax and get a little bit of rest i was you know I was pretty shattered um from the pain, so that was really good to have the epidural um and be able to relax a wee bit so yeah. then, at midnight, they checked me, and I was ten centimeters, and they wanted to give me an hour of uh passive descent um and then it was time to push and I remember saying, I don't, I don't know how to push. I, I can't feel mm-hmm. anything. I, I don't know. You're telling me that I'm going to need to push soon, but I don't, I don't know how to do it. And they just reassured me that I would, and it would be natural. Um, and she was right. So it was about 45 minutes of pushing um, in total. And she was out and my husband, something that was really important to both of us that my, uh, we wanted my husband to be able to catch yeah. Maddie, uh when she came out. So he was able to do that alongside the midwife um, and guide her, straight up onto my chest where she did the biggest poo (laughs) all over me yeah it all pulled pulled in my belly button it was really lovely everywhere um but she yeah immediately started doing the newborn um crawl and just latched on um straight away really well and it was um yeah it was really nice um I had a really minor tear that needed one stitch um but that was all from that it was a a nice
1: uh experience in the yeah. end <laughs> yeah amazing and so did you need any stitches for the minor tear
0: um from memory, i think she put just one in it's called a bucket okay. handle tear um sort of on the inside so Mm -hmm. yeah it was just a small um small kind of abrasion more than a tear I guess that just needed one stitch so yeah yeah nothing nothing significant which was good
1: awesome and so you did skin to skin for a while and yeah what happened from there
0: yeah so we yeah we did skin to skin it was all pretty straightforward from there I didn't have any bleeding or anything like that so we stayed in hospital um for the rest of the night because it was about she was born at 146 I think in the morning so uh, we agreed obviously to stay and have the catheter out in the morning so um, my husband got a bit of skin on skin time and then uh, went home ready to take me out to the postnatal unit in the morning Uh, so we drove out there early maybe 10am-ish we left the hospital headed out there and I had had a vision that this experience was going to be wonderful and just what I needed um being out at this postnatal unit um but that didn't turn out to be mm. the case um I think again I just expected that all midwives were these gifts from you know these amazing amazing yeah. people which they absolutely are but um of course it's not always the case mm. so yeah I didn't have an amazing experience there so I did end up cutting it short yeah um and going home just to be in my little bubble with My husband and our new baby, so Mm -hmm. I spent the night there, and then we
1: then we headed home. Yeah. And did you you said before that you thought you'd have um, potentially issues with breastfeeding? So how did you find those first few days, and then yeah, what sort of happened from there in terms of breastfeeding?
0: Yeah. So I had um, breast reduction surgery when I was uh, younger, uh, in my early twenties. So we knew, or they told me at the time, that there was no way of predicting what was going to happen so just to be aware of it so I felt yeah. really uh informed and empowered around that decision I knew yeah. that there was going to be a potential quite a significant potential that I wasn't going to be able to feed uh mm-hmm. and my midwives were all over it and were just not not worried we were going to you know try and do what we could um yeah. but we'd switched to formula when we needed to so the first couple of weeks was the first two weeks was fine she Maddie had a great latch um I was It's a bit of a bummer because I would have been able to feed really well, I think, Mm. otherwise, because she had a great latch and I had no problems physically um, feeding. And I, because of my surgery, don't have any sensation. So there was no pain for me Mm. um, with those kind of initial few days, which was really nice. Um, But quite quickly, she started to lose weight. Yeah. And... Even though I knew, like I absolutely knew and I was prepared for it when my midwife said to me, one of the two midwives said to me, we're going to switch to formula. I just cried and cried, Mm. even though I was so, so prepared for it. Um, And I just post-birth hormones, I guess, but I just was so upset. But I knew. I went out straight away. We got formula and it was what it was. Um, So originally we were doing – tube feeding I saw a lactation consultant and so we had um you know like a bottle sitting in between my boobs with formula um and then tube into Maddie's mouth and we were doing that while she was still breastfeeding mm. so I could essentially just supplement with formula then I was after I was discharged from my midwife I went to uh like follow-up appointments and we tried block feeding they wanted me to increase my fat intake and all these sorts of things and I was okay with that but it really didn't Breastfeeding really didn't mean that much to me. Oh. In all honesty, it, it yeah. became a real a real task. And then I went back. I took her back for a weigh in, and she would lost three hundred grams in that week. And she was only eight weeks old, so it was a significant amount of weight mm. um, for her to lose. Uh, and they had another idea for me to try. And I just that day, I just said, "No, I'm done." Unfortunately, like I like I say, it didn't mean enough to me to watch Maddie go through mm. that again. I wasn't happy. I was really miserable seeing her. Uh, lose weight obviously um and it just wasn't wasn't it for me so from that moment on we switched to fully formula feeding and I would just um essentially breastfeed for comfort which was still really nice so Mm -hmm. um before her before her sleeps um she would have a feed and it was nice so that was where we went from from there so essentially fully formula fed from eight weeks old yeah
1: yeah Awesome and how did you find like adding (laughs) a new person to your family and you come home with this new baby and um, everything sort of changed I guess from when you left in labor and so how did you find those first few weeks and months in terms of recovering from birth and your mental health and hormones and yeah what was what was being a new mum like for you?
0: Um, it was really interesting. I specifically remember coming home and sitting down on the couch and staring at this tiny little <laughs> six pound human in her bassinet on the floor asleep, going, Wow, mm. it's she's she's asked, you know, she's not <laughs> yeah. leaving, she's yeah. she's here now. It's yeah. really bizarre. And I know you know they say you can't, no one can prepare you for that, but they you really can't, you just sit there and you suddenly have this new little human, mm. but um. I my husband went back to work uh, really quickly because of a new uh, a new position and we kind of just got into a routine from really early on which was quite important for us as it, just sort of who we are and that's my sort of coping mechanism. So um, I didn't find it particularly difficult. In all honesty, I didn't suffer with any um, concerns mentally after birth, and I, a lot of that I do attribute to my amazing midwives that I had um, and just the recognition for what we needed in terms of routine mm. and you know it may not be for everyone but that was what worked for us and it was really important that we upheld that yeah I was um I was very social with her in the early days because I had friends who had either just had babies or my best friend who was pregnant um at the time so she was a definitely a regular cafe baby (laughs) um you know going out for coffees and things and with one baby who in those really early days I found it that's what I needed just to get Mm -hmm. out of the house and that was kind of the easier stage to do it where they do just sleep um, you know in the capsule and things yeah Um. and then yeah we obviously had a bit of a surprise um, not too far yeah <laughs> uh, Postnatally. so yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: do you want to talk us through what that surprise was
0: yeah so all of a sudden around about uh, Maddie was about 16 weeks old I woke up one morning after presumably a standard newborn night to multiple wake-ups and I felt sick um, and I didn't really think much of it I thought it was really odd it sort of went away and then day number two I got up um, and vomited and I just thought hang on this feels a bit too familiar <laughs> Um so we took my husband got a pregnancy test it was about seven o'clock in the morning and he left for work we thought oh no we'll just do it and you know didn't think hmm. didn't think it was actually going to be positive, and then he left for work and then I rang him about ten minutes later and said, You'll never believe it, but I'm pregnant and then I started thinking, hang on, do you still have actually left after your <laughs> you know during postnatal is this is actually what's happening and then yes, it definitely is oh um gosh. we did yeah uh we we did uh probably jump back on the bandwagon a bit earlier than um a lot of well yeah. most people uh I do remember we did yeah, we did have sex for the first time after having maybe two weeks post-birth when all my bleeding had stopped, uh, which was very early, but I had heard so many stories and I just really wanted to get back, <laughs> mm. get it, almost get it over and done with. Um, but I was also at the same time just really in this little love bubble with my yeah. new family and yeah. seeing your husband now, a father, is just something really special. So yeah, I ended up getting the pill at five weeks postpartum, uh, but I... Was not obviously on top of taking that <laughs> uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, hence, hence the surprise. So, uh, I had a scan um, within that following week, and I was already
1: seven weeks pregnant. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it is so funny because hearing so, you <laughs> explain that, like I've got a six six and a half month old, and I just think to myself, like, oh, I just can't even imagine it. What was going through your mind when you saw that pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> test?
0: oh there, yeah (laughs) there was a lot of emotions um I still remember that like 48 hours very very clearly um I didn't know what to do not not in terms of the pregnancy itself but just we were having another baby i I still don't know what I'm doing with the first baby that we have you know I haven't got into into the routine yet but I just I didn't understand how it could happen but obviously knew exactly how it could happen uh and it took me a good a good week to actually let it sink in mm. uh, and then I just became really excited yeah I was just like I'm already in it this is what we're doing they're going to be really clo- obviously really close in age mm. let's let's go with it and we just we were both became so excited um we told the closest people to us like as soon as we knew mm-hmm. I think I told my parents the day of or the next day after probably after I'd stopped crying but um <laughs> it yeah we just all we just embraced it we were so so excited um yeah and yeah it just went went from there really so um had yeah had a newborn and an infant while um, growing baby number two
1: yeah and how were you feeling like you're obviously still getting up with Maddie in the night and yeah like 16 weeks is still pretty um pretty newborn <laughs> so yes how yeah. were you feeling in terms of like um yeah your pregnancy symptoms and was it much different from your first and what did that look like?
0: Uh, Yeah, the pregnancy itself was reasonably similar. I think um, better in some sense, but it was obviously kind of jaded from the fact that I had a newborn. So I had some morning sickness, but a lot less. Uh, The nausea more so than the vomiting, but I was exhausted obviously having to carry around a 10-month-old when I was Mm. eight and a half months pregnant. Um, But you just just do what you have to do. Um, We ended up doing little things like, uh, taking the side off Maddie's cot when she was quite young because I just couldn't physically, mm. with my now significant bump, reach over um, and put her down. But she was ready for that, uh, and that was fine. Uh, but otherwise, no, I just sort of coped because I was I was already tired having a newborn. But mm. she uh, luckily started sleeping pretty well from about four or five months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly a different experience. to the first time I think I was a lot more excited about this pregnancy as I was experiencing it because I knew what was to come and mm. um you know so it was a different feeling yeah I did I did have gallstones when I was um pregnant with Oscar so mm-hmm. that was a new horrific experience yeah. um I had about four episodes uh I think in total I had never had them pre-pregnancy and yeah. I've since found out that it's reasonably common um in either like back-to-back pregnancies or just pregnancies in general with a like excessive estrogen brought up yeah which I did not know that that was ever a thing mm. um and yeah it didn't have any pregnant I uh, didn't have any issues until well very recently mm. uh post-pregnancy so uh yeah it was an, an unusual thing to experience and quite miserable um yeah. later on pregnancy yeah
1: yeah it does sound very <laughs> Rule and did you go with the same midwife or did you have a different one
0: yes I had the same midwife uh, and I told her uh, as soon as um, I had the test Mm -hmm. and all I did was have to send her a um, Facebook message with an emoji and she knew she replied straight away saying you've been playing with fire and I knew it was going to happen so she was over the moon Um, but Yeah, went with the exact same midwives. Um, I previously was a team um, partnership, but one of the midwives was actually pregnant at a very similar time to me. So um, I ended up just having one sort of um, follow the whole pregnancy, Mm. which was really nice to build that bond with, with just one this time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what were your thoughts around birth this time? Like, did you want to have a different birth to how your previous had played out? Or, yeah, what were your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I did. I was i was adamant that i needed to have this baby at 38 weeks again (laughs) Um, because that's what i had with maddie and i thought mentally i was going to feel like i was overdue i was going to go too too late um after that but i completely changed my tune i didn't um necessarily do anything uh, any courses or anything to Mm. help i just thought i've done it before and i can do this again and however this time i wanted to go to a birthing unit Mm. um Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wanted to stay at home as long as I could and just like the first one, but I was, it wasn't about being drug free, but I wanted to go, yeah, to a really nice environment to give birth in. And at the yeah. time there was, um, it's unfortunately now closed, but um, a really lovely um, birthing unit here in Wellington. Um, so my midwife got access for there and we were booked in uh, to go there. It was uh, at the time about a 45 minute minimum drive there. mm mm-hmm. Um, so we were also prepared that that may not be the option if something happened quickly.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. And did you find out? Sorry, I forgot to ask the sex of your baby in this pregnancy. Yeah, we did.
0: Uh, so exactly the same, um, all the same tests. We did find out baby's um, sex, but we put it in an envelope this time uh, and did. Um, we were meant to do a gender reveal <laughs> um, and my midwife was in charge of that. Uh, and on the day it was just us and our closest friends and, um, her and she accidentally let it slip. And then, uh, we, we tried to ignore that. Um, <laughs> and it was an absolute gender reveal fail, but we had a giant black balloon, which Maddie then took outside and it popped. So we
1: knew
0: what we were having and yeah, but we were really excited. Um, I did, yeah, all the same tests. Uh, I did the gestational diabetes test again, but this time with a what seven or eight month old calling mm. round for the two hours I just do the two hour test um, because of polycystic. Uh they recommend doing that first yeah. um, rather than doing your your one hour and then coming back um, mm. that way so yeah a little bit different but um, yeah did all the same tests this time
1: awesome and do you want to talk us through your labor starting this time around were you 38 weeks <laughs> um, or how far along were you what is your labor story and then into your birth story
0: yeah, so I was definitely adamant to have this baby again, <laughs> like I said at thirty-eight weeks. Um I never I just never got to the point with Maddie's pregnancy of feeling like I needed the baby out mm-hmm. and I was over it or anything like that. So I just mentally I just wanted the same uh, for number two. So yeah. my midwife um probably thought I was nuts, but agreed uh to do a stretch and sweep um after I was thirty-seven weeks just to see see how I was tracking. Um and we were really surprised at 37 weeks that I was able to be stretched to five centimeters. So I had no labor symptoms, nothing at all prior to then. I lost my mucus hug after that, but not again, nothing, nothing significant. So it was a, it was a big surprise. So we were obviously closely monitoring uh, from there if I had any symptoms, but nothing. Uh, so when I was 38 three, uh, I had another sweep, and I was yeah able to be stretched to six centimeters but still nothing. So mm. my plan this time was to go to the birthing unit, which I said, uh, so it's about 45 minutes away. And given the situation now that I was so dilated, uh, we were a bit concerned that the length of my labor was going to be very rapid. Mm. Um, and therefore the risk of me essentially delivering the baby on the side of the road, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I wasn't, I wasn't that sad about as long as the midlife was there. Um but basically now we had a pretty tight plan in place where if anything was to happen then i had to keep in regular contact with the midwife and we would make a decision essentially uh while we were driving as to whether we go to that um, birthing unit or whether we stop at a different hospital that was a bit closer um i definitely didn't want to do that with that particular hospital but Mm -hmm. um we just were going to keep an eye on it and would go obviously wherever we would go to ensure things were uh were safe so That afternoon after my second uh, stretch and sweep, I started becoming a bit uncomfortable and it was nothing significant, but just kept in regular um, contact, obviously with my midwife and then sat on the Swiss wall all night and things just didn't really ramp up at all. I just stayed the same. So Mm -hmm. I tried to get some rest, jump into bed, but then when I would do that, it would stop completely, which was frustrating. Um, But I, (laughs) Yeah. So I got some rest. Uh, and then my midwife woke up in a panic at 6am <laughs> thinking she'd missed phone calls and oh, she went oh. to bed fully clothed thinking I was going to go into labour um, so I was quite surprised to hear it from me at 6am um, but we agreed to meet at the hospital that's closer um, just for a check to see what's going on uh, so we did that straight away um, I got there about 8.30 in the morning and she checked me there and his head was slightly tilted so it wasn't putting even pressure Um, or equal pressure on my cervix so I wasn't effaced but I was six centimeters dilated just wasn't effacing because of Mm -hmm. that pressure so we had a discussion around the options she like manually manipulated his head which was so horrific Mm -hmm. so painful I hated it but it needed to happen Mm -hmm. um so that was fine um and either we essentially could go to the main hospital now and break my waters and get things going or if I really wanted to go to the birthing unit I would have to go home uh because I wouldn't be able to have any intervention like, my mm-hmm. intervention means I couldn't go to the unit so we thought about it uh and in all honesty it was such a beautiful sunny day and Jimmy and I had had a good night's sleep mm-hmm. in the end and we were just like let's just have this baby we were, just, <laughs> we were ready so um we decided to go through and have my waters broken at the hospital uh so we did that it was about 20 minutes 30 minutes drive from where we were and I had a couple of reasonably strong contractions on the way in which I hadn't experienced up until now so obviously moving his head um was quite mm. uh quite significant and so we got into the hospital and she broke my waters at eleven thirty, and then said, go for a walk you know just to get something get things moving so I did and I got about maximum 50 meters away down the hospital corridors and I was like nope something Mm -hmm. something's happening Um, I have to go back and I was stopping every like few steps for the most like intense contractions so uh, it just all started happening very very quickly so went back in the room jumped on the Swiss ball and I was in the like natural birthing room or Mm -hmm. you know um, with no intervention kind of suite and it had this long rope sort of thing hanging from the ceiling that you could use in any way you wanted and at first i thought it was really odd and then it became the most like amazing tool um throughout the labor so i sat on the swiss ball when i used that um, i sort of wrapped my arms around that and used that as um sort of leverage with every contraction and it was amazing then i just kind of rode through those contractions for a little bit and then i felt a huge amount of pressure all of a sudden and my midwife asked me where i wanted to have the baby and I sit in the water, which was very <laughs> unusual. I was like, who am I? This is not my plan. <laughs> but I just wanted to get in the water. And it was, yeah, it was totally different because of my previous experience when I was just in pain and it was just not what mm. I wanted, this just felt I was so in control and it wasn't, it wasn't pain. It was exceptional discomfort. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of very different. So I did get in the water and it was... Amazing! It was absolutely amazing. It was so nice and hot. I didn't do anything for the contractions themselves, but in between, it was mm-hmm. so soothing. And being sort of weightless to an extent was just yeah. It was perfect. So yeah. it was very quick. Um, they filled it up. I jumped in, and I started getting the urge to push pretty pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my midwife asked if I could not push and the answer was definitely no so Mm -hmm. we knew that it was was go time um so no checking or anything like that was needed uh we had a student midwife um who I was thrilled to have and was really happy but the one thing for both our pregnancies was that we really wanted my husband to catch both Mm -hmm. um both babies and be actively part of that and then I had like absolute 100% trust in my midwife so I just didn't really want anyone else to be hands-on just for Mm. that specific part Uh, so we ended up asking her to take photos which she loved um and was happy to do so we got the most beautiful photos um out of that Mm. and it was about three four max different like really decent pushes and oscar was out pretty quickly so yeah i was on my knees in the pool and my midwife guided him like through my legs so then my husband could um pick him up and put him on my chest Mm which was really nice, a really nice experience. And then, yeah, delivered the placenta in the pool. Um, I did have some, uh, I think it was a an uh, injection of Sinto just to speed up the placenta delivery just because it had been yeah. going on for a little while. Um, and then, yeah, it got out of the pool. We fed and weighed him, did all the usual things, and then he fell asleep. And yeah. I got up and I had a shower. I had no tearing. I had oh, no amazing. issues. It was just it was amazing it was a really really amazing experience not that my first one was bad in any way but this was mm. just such a different incredible feeling it was an amazing experience this time
1: yeah yeah was so beautiful and how long did you end up spending there like what was the plan what was Maddie up to <laughs> while you were um in labour and giving birth and yeah what sort of happened next
0: uh, yeah, so Maddie was with my parents for that day, all anxiously awaiting mm-hmm. the arrival, and um, so we had Oscar at 12.57, um, from memory, and we headed out um, to the birthing, a different birthing unit, uh, this time postnatally, um, before, it was before 6 o'clock mm-hmm. that night, so I was mm-hmm. only in hospital for a couple of hours, but we were, I was just dressed and ready to go, so and um, yeah, I went out to a local sort of little birthing unit here um, and stayed there for the night, just so that I could have the night just to kind of establish feeding. And, yeah. you know, um, Maddie could go home to her own bed with mm-hmm. um, with her dad and just have that time. So it was beautiful. It was such a nice experience going there for the night. Um, just something about the little kind of local experience mm-hmm. with just one midwife and, and me was really awesome. So mm-hmm. that was really beneficial just to start um, having that time to establish feeding and he definitely didn't do like the long sleep straight after birth that Mm. Maddie did. He was just like right into the cluster feeding and all that kind of stuff from the get go. So it was nice to have that time just us um, that night. And then uh, Jimmy brought Maddie in in the morning to meet him, which was really cute. She was only 11 months old, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was was really nice for them to meet in the
1: morning. And then we (laughs) went home as a new little family of four. Yeah. And did she like, did she understand what was going on at that stage? Like, yeah, what was the sort of, like, what age was she at in terms of developmentally being able to understand that she's got a baby brother?
0: Um, no, she, she didn't. Yeah. It was, no, she was, she was so little. She was only 11 yeah. months, so she was obsessed with him because he was a baby, but yeah. he was um, just... Yeah, it's now all she's ever known, you know, so she, there was certainly no explaining or sort of understanding um, what was happening, it's essentially just now all she's ever known because she was so little, Yeah. Uh, and so there was no, yeah, no jealousy or, or issue at all with introducing them, she would just kind of poke his nose and <laughs> poke his belly, you know, just here's this little baby, but I'm also a baby, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was nice. It was a really nice experience. We didn't have any worry um, around introducing them in that sense or how it was going to go down. And, you know, I did have someone, the only, probably the only negative comment that I had was someone say to me that it was unfair um, to do that, you know, by having another baby so soon. Yeah. It was unfair on Maddie, but if it was the best thing that we ever did. Mm. And, it meant, I mean, overall I got more time at home with Maddie as well before I went back to work. So it was, yeah, certainly not mm-hmm. Um not a negative experience it's been amazing so
1: interesting isn't it like someone else placing their <laughs> their own sort of view on you in terms of what that would mean for your first child
0: yeah I mean pregnancy and, and children somehow like invites people's opinions yeah. which is really unusual and something I'll never understand but yeah. um yeah I I shook that off pretty quickly. Mm. I, don't get me wrong, it did, you know, play yeah, in head yeah. a little bit at the time, of course, but, um, no, it was, yeah, certainly an amazing experience mm. with them meeting and, yeah. yeah, they were having naps at the same time mm. and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, awesome. And how did you find, like, I guess the juggle in terms of um, you've now got two babies and you are still doing a lot for Maddie, obviously still being 11 months old. Yeah. Um, Yeah, how did you find, I guess, those first few weeks and months um, with both Oscar and Maddie at home and just trying to juggle everything and also recover from birth and yeah, what was that like? Yeah, it was
0: definitely different, probably not as overwhelming as the first, Mm -hmm. coming home with my first baby, to be fair. Um, The fact that my birth was so uh, Mm -hmm. amazing and non-eventful this time definitely helped. It meant literally day three being home, I was able to go out for a little walk around the block and I had Oscar in a front pack and Betty in the pram and mm-hmm. just it was something that I could achieve and get some fresh air and that kind of came became my uh my one outing mm-hmm. of the day that I could manage with them both. It was definitely, you know, I'm certainly not gonna lie, there was certainly challenges mm-hmm. logistically with the two of them. Uh but I just had to make it work and I, I changed I guess my approach in some ways like with Maddie I was really I didn't have a lot of information around safe co-sleeping mm. and what that looked like so I was very um very much adamant that I was wasn't going to do that with Maddie but then with Oscar I now had like you say an 11 month old and, and mm. a newborn so I had to do what would work for our family and so we did end up co-sleeping um for a little bit just for the first couple of weeks uh just because that's what we had to do to survive yeah. really. Yeah. Um and so, you know, just like having that information around it being safe was um what I sort of switched to and that was um helped get us through, I guess, with the fatigue. We got a lot yeah. more rest, for both of us. So that was really good. Um it was definitely a lot to navigate, but they were both, you know, both in cloth nappies, both having bottles, both having naps, they'd go to bed at the same time you're already busy or you know we were already busy and already kind of in that routine it wasn't it wasn't as hard I feel personally adding a second one into that already busy routine then yeah um the the shock of of the first one (laughs) I suppose yeah um there were there were times that one specific time I remember bouncing Oscar in the hammock trying to get him to sleep and Maddie at the door and I'm just sitting there crying Mm -hmm. because I don't know how to navigate you know the two of them but it's all all part of it, um, and you just you just do it. You just do mm-hmm. what you have to do, and and what works for your family, really. So yeah, yeah we got there. Yeah.
1: yeah, awesome. And what about your breastfeeding journey the second time round? What was that like?
0: Yeah, that was quite good. I definitely felt a lot better prepared uh, this time mentally and just um, informed. I mm-hmm. guess i I started taking Domperidone from day one, um, and also started pumping really quickly mm-hmm. as well or sort of as soon as uh, my midwife suggested to start so we'd set like a quite a strict three-hourly feeding routine so I was pumping and I'd be so proud when I I remember the day I got 60 mils mm-hmm. from pumping and that was such a like amazing yeah. effort yeah um but yeah same sort of experience after two weeks or so I just wasn't keeping up with his demand so we switched to formula but I had no issue with that this time I was so um so you know all over it and Mm -hmm. it was just what we what we were going to do so um he gained weight rapidly and he was um a really chunky baby um and which was quite different to Maddie so uh yeah it was a a very much an easier transition for me and I didn't didn't muck around in the middle with all the sort of additional um things I just went straight there and it was still a little bit I guess frustrating or sort of um disempowering I guess mm-hmm. at times when people would talk about breastfeeding because I think as as much as like you are fine with it and you accept it for your family it still doesn't really feel like it's quite good enough yeah. in society even though yeah. even though we know it is but yeah it, it is what it is and I both my babies are yeah. happy and healthy and fed mm-hmm. and we my husband got to feed Oscar and have that bond and yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. So I was a lot more, a lot more informed and I think mentally prepared that time to move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what about like the parental load, I guess, how do you and Jimmy manage that and how did you manage it in the sort of earlier newborn days in terms of um, like overnights and yeah, what did that look like for you guys?
0: Um, I think we're very lucky that we both, Uh, sort of agree from early on that it is a shared Mm. um, thing parenting so um, I didn't have to do as much as you know there were times I sat up feeding and staring at him with his useless nipples (laughs) Um, there was um, this yeah this really like healthy understanding of um, you know that it was a shared uh, absolutely a shared thing so we definitely had our routine set from early on which I mentioned and that was just something that is important for me so um, both babies in bed like for seven o'clock we mm-hmm. did bed bath bottle um you know routine just didn't change as much as we could allow for it uh and we were both actively uh engaged in that and Maddie was sleeping really well so that obviously would have changed everything if she hadn't been yeah. um but I don't know I sort of did things a little bit different to some in the sense that I didn't want Jimmy to get up and do half the feeds you mm-hmm. know because he had work the next day but he would, he still would, you know, and he would, he would get up and help, or he might even just be up and with me sometimes, mm-hmm. just having that person to talk to at three in the morning while yeah. you're feeding, and you're both tired, but we just, I think, had a really healthy understanding together um, of what we thought was, uh, you know, important, and what mm-hmm. support I needed, and um, verbalized that um, quite well, but yeah, like I say, it certainly was times where I would
1: stare at him sleeping (laughs) while I
0: was um, awake but I feel like that just comes with it
1: Um, yeah for sure and in terms of um like obviously you fell pregnant pretty quickly with with Oscar um (laughs) did you do anything differently this time around were you fine if you happened to have the same thing happen again like what did that look like (laughs)
0: <laughs> um no I definitely do not want the same thing to happen again um we yeah yeah we didn't want to make any permanent decisions mm. even though we talked about that a lot um but I ended up getting um like the rods put in really much very quickly not that I planned on jumping back on that bandwagon anytime soon anyway but um just we talked about how we were done but because it was such a um such a surprise and not um not what we expected. Not that I know what we did want as a plan either, but uh we just didn't want to make any sort of sudden decisions based off a uh you know like a quick reaction yeah. to that yeah. situation. So um yeah we just I just got contraception sorted um pretty early and then I mean now I think if it did happen again I'd have to have a fourth one because now <laughs> I need two sets of um, <laughs> two sets of Irish twins. No, but funny. um yeah we were both sort of under the understanding that we would get um get that sort of pretty quickly and not rely on me to to take a pill because that didn't go very well (laughs) uh, last time so
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. awesome and what about now like obviously the kids are a little bit older and um like I know I've got a two-year-old and he is super full-on but lots of fun so what does it look like in your household now with your close together babes and um Yeah I guess if there's anyone out there listening to this episode who might have just found out that they are pregnant with a similar age gap what does it look like for you?
0: Yeah it's a good question I think um, it is by far not that it wasn't necessarily a decision we made but it was by far the best thing that we could have done Mm. um, doing this and I would absolutely recommend it to anyone. Now you know Maddie's coming up four, Oscar's coming up three and they are like the best of friends Mm, don't get me wrong they fight yeah they fight um and that's sort of a new development Mm -hmm. um and it's it's different because it's you know I've got a boy and a girl Mm. and how they do things are certainly different um with when it comes to their fighting but they are so close and we got to this point I think when they when they're little like quite you know sort of under two the age gap is really evident in terms of their developmental Mm -hmm. stage when one's walking and talking and the others not and it's quite vast whereas now at almost three and almost four they can do all the same activities and mm. they just they always have a little mate to play mm. with so they play really well together and their personalities are developing and they just we constantly just talk about how how funny it is and how happy mm. we are that they just have have a little friend and they keep each other it's not about them keeping them each other entertained so that you don't have to but it's just they've always got a friend and they ride their bikes around together and um yeah we love it it's (laughs) there are there are definitely difficult phases but I don't think that has anything necessarily to do with the specific age gap I think that comes with any you know Mm these different challenges of any age gap um but there were you know times for a couple of months there where Oscar was a bit harder to take out because he was a bit more of a runner than Maddie for example Mm. and I just physically logistically found that really hard to navigate Mm. um and that you know that happens there are phases where for whatever reason it's a little bit harder uh but now we're both running around having conversations and we're and we're also done we're out of that Mm. newborn phase and out of that baby phase and you know Oscar will be toilet trained soon and it's just watching them yeah grow up together is so (laughs) special it's really it's amazing
1: yeah they are so cute I will definitely have to share (laughs) (laughs) a photo such little cuties (laughs) yeah they definitely look like twins yeah they do they definitely do (laughs) yeah cool and but is there anything else that we haven't included in your story that you want to make sure we get in there um
0: I think I just I don't know. I'm so grateful for everything, like for my entire journey. And I don't, I'm not proud of the fact that I had one drug free birth and one not. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't label my births in that way at all. I think it's just so important to know what is out there and be empowered. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have the support or that kind of engagement from your midwife, then feel like it's okay to change yeah. or to look at other options because i 100 percent attribute my entire experience both with both pregnancies to my midwife mm-hmm. because it was just who i needed and who understood me and um you know our journey and it's such a special bond that you can create yeah. via like the feeling of when you you know you'll remember it when you get discharged from your midwife yeah. is like a grief process but yeah. I think yeah it can be a really unknown environment and I think just you just have to do what's right for you and your family and and be okay with that yeah Um,
1: yeah yeah no I definitely agree that's great advice (laughs) awesome well thank you so much Hannah for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us I know that there'll be lots of people out there who really can either relate or get something useful from your episode because I do get a lot of messages saying, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant again way earlier than (laughs) I had expected. So, yeah, just super grateful that you have come on the podcast and shared your stories with us. So thank you. No, Thank you. It's been good. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. Another reminder that this week's episode was sponsored by the Mini Kiwi's First Aid course. More than happy to chat through any questions you might have about it. So feel free to send me an email, kiwibirthtails at gmail.com or on Instagram at kiwibirthtails. Talk to you next week.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.